bro. I'ma put it on my the line, cause it's gotta my do it now. Check your iPhone, better say it's our time. I don't even need a watch. I don't even see a clock. Soon as I walk in, it feel like. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NXT Rundown. I am your host, Ginger, and my partner, Crime, is two weeks in a row. Jason is here. How are you, sir? I figure if I'm going to show up for one show a week on the Rundown Network these days, it might as well be for the show with the better product. So I am yeah. here. <laughs> For NXT rundown, uh, I apologize for you guys that had to sit through Raw. God, I, I'm, I'm still only halfway through it, and I'm not sure I'm going to finish it. So, um, I don't even. You won't miss anything, honestly. <laughs> you really won't. But, like, but it's the go home episode for WrestleMania Backlash. It's got to be huge ramifications everywhere. Big build and right. Mm, no. None of nothing. No zilch. Nine. Zero. Nothing. Mm. Nothing. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, still we, on the fence of whether I'm even going to watch the pay-per-view this week. That's how bad it's gotten. Uh, well, Smackdown, I see Smackdown side. Yeah. Smackdown side is decent, but Raw is just like, what are they doing? I have zero interest in any matches that involve Braun Strowman, so if you put him in your world title picture, you can pretty much assure that I have no interest in watching that. Oh, you, uh, you said you I actually think Priest him. and Miz could be good um, yeah. for what it is. Yeah. It's it's a first-time match. It's something we haven't seen before. I think they could blend well together, so I'm at least curious. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's not. To, I, I think the, the work in the women's championship match on Raw should be good. Same on SmackDown. I think the outcomes are almost a fait accompli, but, you know. Why did that just mute on me? Okay. Uh, How do you feel about... uh, Voodoo? uh, No, not Voodoo. Well, we already know how you feel about that. How do you feel about the stipulation being what um, Priest picked, a lumberjack match? Uh... That sounds like he's... I don't know. I don't know. That <laughs> sounds like he's a lumberjack off, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, that made no sense. Nope. I mean, if you've got a match where somebody's constantly like running away, getting themselves counted out in, in the course of a feud, then that's where a lumberjack match comes into play. But Miz yeah, I mean, literally ran away from him once. Yeah. And it's like, dude... No. <laughs> like, booking, I mean, if I get to, no. And if I get to pick a stipulation that somebody's running away from me all the time, I'm just going to go hell in a cell because there's no potential for there to be people on the other side who might attack me at ringside. Yeah. And yeah. the person still can't get away. Or it would have been nice to... Although whoever su- suggested Maurice on a poll, I fully support that idea, uh, too. That was me. You're welcome. There you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, an interesting... One would have been if Priest wins, Johnny Mundo and Miz have to split. 
that would have been a nice little stipulation there as well. But I, I feel like there's so much of that going on lately. I mean, AEW, for their part, just this week did a match where if SCU lost, they had to split. Spoiler alert, they did. Um, and then in the same episode, built a match where if the Inner Circle loses, like whenever at the pay-per-view, I think, they have to split. So it's like you literally on the same show did an angle where someone split and set up an angle where somebody might have to split. It's like fucking too much. Ugh. And I think they're going to split anyway, but... Oh, I know it's coming, yeah. but it, it's... Just get it over and done with, please. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. need to be a long story. Yeah, true. So. Hey, so speaking of getting things over and done with, as we record it today, the CDC has issued... New guidance that says if you are fully vaccinated, you don't need a mask anymore, indoors or outdoors, huh? Thank God, because being a delivery guy, really, it really sucks having to put my mask on, put it off, put it on, take it off, put it on, take it off, put it on, take it off. It's so frustrating. So I'm very pleased about this. So here's the thing, though. Here's the problem with this this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. If you're if you're one of those anti-vaxxer people. You're just going to tell people you're vaccinated. Yeah, stores and shit are going to want proof, though. I don't know that you can legally force it, though. Yeah, you can. No shirt, no shoes policy, same thing. I I guess. Companies can enforce any fucking rules they want. But but what are you going to do? So someone, okay, so so let's say someone doesn't have the paper showing they're vaccinated when they walk into the store. And then they get in the store, they go around the corner, and they t- you're going to watch every non-vaccinated person the entire time they're in the store? No, you just got to show your vax card. Right, to get into the store. Yeah. But once you're in the store, you're in Walmart or whatever, mm-hmm. are they going to assign somebody to follow you around to make sure you don't take it off? No. You How gotta... do you enforce that? You can't enforce that. Well, no. So this whole thing, it, it just, I don't know. It's, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But uh, it, it is a good good news that we are definitely on the right track yeah and trending in the right direction of course now they're announced they are going to start allowing people 12 to 15 to get the vaccine as well so those school numbers will hopefully start going down too and we'll really start kicking the shit out of this thing good i want to start sending my kid to school in uh the fall please exactly (laughs) dad needs looks like Looks like we might be finally kicking out at two, Ginger. Oh my God! It's this is the longest. This is an Earl Havner got knocked out two count. <laughs> Somebody pulled the ref to the floor. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> luckily, it looks like Vince has finally sent another ref from the back. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we're on our way. But uh, how, how's things been in your life, though? Um. Okay. For me, uh, my wife or her dad. Uh, got put in the hospital this week for some issues. Oh. They thought he had a stroke. Thankfully, he didn't. All tests Good came back negative, but he keeps getting numbing senses in one side of his face, and like, and so they got to run a shit ton of tests. He's home and shit, but uh, got to take it easy for a, a week or two. And but uh, thankfully, he's okay. Um, so that was a little. Hectic and scary, and uh, yeah. for her, and but uh, and then uh, I mean, uh, what the hell else? Uh, um, I think I'm getting a day to myself, Memorial Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm going down to Connecticut, gonna go golfing, maybe nice. hit the, hit up the casino a little bit. And, yeah, yeah. 
I'm, I'm, it's a much needed day that's long overdue for myself. Cause like, I hate to sound all fucking petty and shit and sad and shit, but I don't have a lot of friends that like go out and do stuff. Even yeah. during the pandemic, like this is before too, like the, I work with my best friend, so I see him pretty much every day. My other friend is constantly working overtime at work. So, mm-hmm. and then like that, that's, that's it. I, I don't go out at all. Like I'm literally just work and dad. Yeah. I have no I escape, so to speak. I, I understand that feeling and occasionally I'm coach. So, um, that's where for me, like wrestling shows were always my escape. It was yes. a place to go where it was like, um, but obviously that's been largely put on the back burner for the last year plus, although mm-hmm. APW is back in business. Although Memorial Day is their next, Memorial Day weekend is their next show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I won't be able to be there because my son, we're, we're in a baseball tournament for the weekend. So we've got to rent a place and mm-hmm. that whole deal. So we won't be around for that show. But, uh, I have suggested my, my, I've hand selected my replacement for that show. So I'm looking forward to see how he does. Who'd you pick? Uh, you probably don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> you probably don't know him. So I, I'm curious to see what you think when you see him. I don't even want to spoil it. So, oh, okay. um, but, but younger guys just started to get into it, but I've worked with him before and I, I really like him and I thought he would, uh, deserve of the opportunity and, and very much appreciated it. So nice. I nice. like to, you know, so one, one of those things where years ago somebody took a chance and gave me a shot and I like mm-hmm. to, you know, help somebody else get their opportunity too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I won't be doing this forever. So yeah. Yeah, nice, cool. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, that's just about it for me. I'm fucking just kind of figuring out what, where the hell I'm gonna actually go golfing, and then, you know, just fucking. That's about it for me. How about you? Uh, well, baseball. Yes. And baseball. Okay. And baseball. Okay. Baseball. Nice. Oh, and th- there's baseball. Oh, that's new. Uh-huh. No. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, I, I joke, but that really is it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's work and baseball at this time of year for me. So, um, we are actually, we have a tournament this coming weekend, uh, down in Connecticut. So we're going to be back and forth to Connecticut all weekend. Um, nice. hopefully for four games or at least three, cause that means we'll be in the championship game. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. He's sort of hurt his knee the other day, but, uh, Fought through it, hit himself his second dinger of the season. Cragged uh, that some bitch. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, and then had one in town ball. Now town ball because they have to use different kinds of bats. They don't get a lot of home runs in town ball. Mm-hmm. Um, he's now on his third ball that basically everybody was like, "Holy shit, it's gone!" <laughs> and then it fell like a foot in front of the fence. So Aww. he's getting frustrated with that. <laughs> Uh, but it's common and, and it's cool. It, it's sort of a tradition in our town, um, that the, the kids that hit home runs in town get their names put on the big sign outside the field. Awesome. Uh, and last year, there were only two kids. The year before that, when he was nine, he hit his first home run, but it was at a visiting park, so his name oh. didn't go on the ah. sign. So then, uh, last year he came close a couple times, but there were only two kids that, that made it. Uh, both of them did it twice, but only two kids that did it. And uh, so far this year, there's basically like four kids, I think, in the running to actually pull it off, unless somebody shocking does it. But there are four kids I think we all know have a shot to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the kids is on my team, and he hit one off the top of the fence oh. and then fell back in. So oh. <laughs> it's been 
it, it's been tough on him in that regard. But uh, but uh, it, it's 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 really cool. It's one of those things where like. And not to get too deep and, and shit, but mm-hmm. like I grew up, I didn't have a dad in my life. Like, mm-hmm. so for me, I'm sort of doing this on the fly. I didn't have sort of that role model to show me how to do it. And these moments I get to spend with him as, as much as as crazy as it gets and as much time as it takes away from me, um, just they're, they're, they mean the world to me. So, uh-huh. um, the other thing that was really cool was uh, on our town team that I coach. Um, we have a kid, uh, great kid, great player, great teammate. Um, he's got some issues and he's working through them and, you know, some other people in town, um, they don't have the, the either desire or capacity to sort of deal with these things when they come up. Um, I really like the kid. And for that reason, I've always told his parent, like, he's always got a spot on my team. I'll help him. I'll help. However, we need to work through it. Whatever he needs, we'll figure it out. We'll mm-hmm. get him through it. Um, it helps that he's a really talented player, but he's over and above that just a really good kid. Yeah. Um, so the other day, we were getting ready to um, for our game, and he comes running up to me. He's like, Coach Jay, Coach Jay. And I was in the middle of doing something else. I had to come back. And I was like, what's up, bud? And he hands me this little piece of artwork like centered around our team that he did, and he drew it and designed it just for me. Nice. And it's like, that's the reason I do shit like mm-hmm. this. Like, win, wins are great, championships are great, whatever, but, like, the ability to make a difference in a kid's life that he feels um, willing to do something like that for you is, is is it's what you do it for, honestly. Uh, and it really touched me. So, it, it, And it's hanging in my work office now, in my home office now. So It, it makes you, it gives you those, those feel-good moments because it means you are doing good things with these kids. You know, yeah. you're not just there doing it. You're putting yourself to help them and such. And obviously, them showing you appreciation makes you feel yeah. fucking fantastic. Absolutely. That's Best awesome. feeling. That's yep, really cool. Man. Best one. But uh, yeah, and other than that, it's it's been working. Big. Oh, so I, I talk about how crazy my schedule is. Uh, <laughs> this week, today, actually, you're breaking news. Uh, I actually finally got around to mowing my lawn, and that some bitch was like three feet high. Oh. Uh, but I finally fucking got it. And I'm not talking about my pubes, Troy. Before you ask, uh, but <laughs> I fucking got the grass, got the grass cut, and. Uh, Looking good now, except for the giant portion where I have grubs that have eaten all the grass, and now it's all brown and dead, and I have to now go. But now that the grass is mowed, I can actually go by the grub killer and put that down and hopefully stop that and then try to get grass seed to replace the grass that they killed. So it's it's a fucking – I miss renting a place is really the story I'm trying to get to here, where I could just call a guy and go, hey, this is a fucking problem. Come fix it. Uh Now I have to be the guy that comes and fixes it, Mm -hmm. which is annoying. So. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of the way, like, you know, when we moved in with my dad, with my dad, I was like, oh, I got to do shit. Mm. (laughs) Can't just make that quick phone call. Hey, my fucking dryer's broken. Yeah. 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 Oh, my fence is down. Oh, fucking fix it, asshole. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Oh, actually, one thing that did happen, it was actually today, I brought the kids outside. It was fucking gorgeous out today so we brought one outside and uh played around and then eventually we came back in i'm like all right guys 
let's uh let's let's go in and eat and I was like why do I feel like I have something crawling up my leg and sure enough a fucking tick is on my shin and my dad's standing there I'm like can you grab that please and he's like yes grabs it I'm like all right kids into the bathroom my daughter had two of them crawling up her back Oh, God. Like tiny, super fucking tiny ones. And I was like, Ugh. Owen, your turn. Thankfully, the boy didn't have any on him. Yeah. But I was like, all right, get the fuck in the shower right now, yeah. both of you. So yeah. that was that. that's one shitty part about the nice weather coming out. You tend to forget those little things that, like, right. you have to pay attention to because, yeah. I mean, I've gotten stuck with Lyme disease before. Uh, thankfully, mm-hmm. I caught it early enough to where they gave me the medication and it yeah. got rid of it. But I don't want my kids to go through that shit because I have an uncle that actually has Lyme disease and it's not fun. Yeah. So, But, yeah, that was like, oh, shit. And, like, the two of them just crawling up her fucking back was just, ugh, freaks me the fuck out. So yeah. if, if you're in the yeah. New England area listening to this, Check for ticks. Yeah. Yeah. That's why people always laugh at me during the summer and stuff. I don't usually wear shorts or anything. I just fucking, I rock track pants and sweatshirts most of the year. So, Mm. but, uh, but yeah. And, uh, all the other one, as a baseball parent, the other one I can, uh, strongly advise is fucking sunblock. Cause even if it doesn't look like it's sunny, you can still get burned to shit. Yep. And it happens all the time. (laughs) My pasty white Irish skin, it is a thing that happens. Dude, you're telling me I'm a redhead. My wife's a redhead. My two kids are redheads. I know all about that shit. Fair point. Fair point. (laughs) Fucking reestablishing the ginger nation. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think that's about it for me. So unless you got anything else, I think we can start talking about some wrestling news. Uh, if you have video games retro style, sell them. That's it. Okay. Thanks for that public service announcement. Hot commodity. But uh, yeah, what do we got for news? Well, you guys talked about it on WWE Rundown a couple of weeks. I was not on that episode, but uh, you made a you had a long discussion about NXT referee Drake Wirtz. Mm. Well. The Drakester is back at it. Uh, apparently, as part of this whole story that was you guys covered, he had uh, went to a government meeting to argue against uh, public health-driven mask mandates, uh, touting QAnon conspiracies and talking points. Um, he's been reprimanded for uh, doing this at the Performance Center and for doing this publicly while wearing a company T-shirt. Um, we've seen comments from several of his colleagues, both past and present. Um, well, uh, there was even reports that he had been suspended by WWE earlier this year and barred from entering the performance center. Um, so after this recent thing, he apparently went on Facebook and wrote a defense, I guess, of, uh, his views so I'm going to read from uh, Drake Wirtz, I guess, quote-unquote statement. Uh, he said, My wife said some folks are apparently writing about our, quote, radical views. Human trafficking is modern-day slavery, and we seek to eradicate it. Abortion is murder and needs to be abolished. Children in my community that are being forced by local government to wear masks for eight hours a day against their parents' wishes is abuse. 
We have a God-ordained duty to speak for the, re- for the least of these and petition our magistrates to prevent harm upon children. If this is, quote, radical, then label me as an extremist for Christ. We're not called to fit in with the world. We're called to serve God. We ought to obey God rather than men. Acts 5.29. So, Ginger, your thoughts? Keep your fucking mouth shut, dude. This actually also has a video from YouTube and uh, of him speaking at a uh, school board meeting just this past week on the 11th. Um, like this does, time, does, does that, he think that it's not a big deal? Like, is that why he's being like this? Like, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, I, could, I couldn't tell you. I, I haven't. Now, I haven't. To be fair, I haven't watched the video. This new one, mm-hmm. I probably will tomorrow. Um, but apparently, the blowback from this one uh, was a little worse because. He didn't make it clear that he wasn't representing his employer while he said it. Um, so um, people in the wrestling community apparently watched it and uh, hoping that he would sort of ease off the gas pedal a little bit and apparently did not. Ugh. So Jesus, you know. Now, so listen. It appears that his views are based heavily in his religion and his faith. I'm not a I'm not a huge anti-religion guy. I'm not a big anti-faith guy. I think you can disagree with certain aspects of religion and still um, follow that religion. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I think we see all the time the notion of religious organizations and people, you know, very devout religious people who tell you all the time, constantly, uh, we do not want your government in our religion. But these same people want to put their fucking religion all up in my government. So I I think you need to either have it one way or the other. Either the two coexist and, and interact or they don't. And if they don't, then shut the fuck up. Believe what you want to believe, but stop putting out in, in mistruths and myths out there that you know rally people around and rally people up and you know try to further propagate complete, completely misleading thoughts that are not based any in any sort of fact. Mm-hmm. I, just like I said at the beginning, shut the fuck up, dude. Just stop, man. Like. You said your thing. Don't keep it fucking going. Right. Like, how many times is he going to fucking so, say so, this? Like, so listen, I, I and I know different people listening to this will have different opinions, and that's fine. But let's mm-hmm. let's go through this this thing he wrote here. Sure. Human trafficking is modern day slavery, and we seek to eradicate it. Is there anybody here who would say, "No, I'm fucking in favor of human trafficking"? <laughs> no. So who the fuck is he arguing against? Who the fuck are the people? He's sitting there going, well, yeah, the human traffickers. Sure. Mm. But if, if you put the message out there that you just want to stop human trafficking, you're not going to get, you're not getting heat for that. That's not what you're getting heat for. No. But then when you follow that up with abortion is murder and needs to be abolished. Well, you know what else abortion is, Drake? Abortion is legal. 
It has been upheld by the Supreme Court. It is legal. You don't have to like it. You don't have to support it. You don't have to have... And, and listen, he was a drug-addled wrestler for 15, 20 years. I'm sure he's he's paid for some abortions through his through his career. But, uh, but listen, you don't have to support it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to have any woman that you're involved with partake in one. Or you can advise her against doing it. Mm-hmm. What you cannot do is decide that you disagree with something, so the fact that it's legal doesn't fucking matter. That doesn't work. It's, uh, that, that it's what he believes in. That's what he's going to keep saying. So, I mean, obviously, I'm sure people in the past have spoken to him about it, and he just he is set in his own ways where he's going to believe what he wants to believe, and that's that. That's how a lot of religions are. If this, if that's his religion, if that's what part of it, but this is how it is, man. It's so, so, let's go to the next one. Sure. Children in my community are being forced by local government to wear masks for eight hours a day against their parents' wishes is abuse. So let me ask you a question. Now Drake's a very clearly very religious guy. Again, I have no problem with people who believe in religion, strongly support it. That's fine. I believe very, very strongly that everybody has a right to believe in what they choose. Children uh, in his community that go to school for eight hours a day are also forced to wear pants. (laughs) What if their family are nudists? Are they being abused by being forced to wear pants to school? And if not... Even as devoutly religious as he is, I'm sure that he'd be totally cool with kids letting the flag fly at school, right? Because otherwise it's abuse. Because they're being forced to wear something that their parents don't agree with. Or is it just what the fucking school board decided is mandated for your kid to go to school? So if you don't fucking like it, don't send your kid to that school. Find a fucking school that aligns with your feelings and your wishes. Or find a state. There are states in this country where they're not having, they're not forcing this on the kids. Go fucking there if you want. Find a place that fits for you. What you don't get to do is portray this as fucking abuse. Because there's enough real life, real serious, real hardcore child abuse going on in the fucking world that what we don't need to do is divert fucking attention from it by calling this child abuse. Yeah, go, going a little far with that child abuse uh, comment. That that's that's basically like, yeah, that, that's just that's stupid. Like having a kid wear a mask for safety against something that he may or may not believe in. Too fucking bad. You're ways of thinking isn't how everybody else thinks. Drake Wirtz works at NXT, right? Mm-hmm. How many different COVID outbreaks have taken place amongst his co-workers alone? Oh, I want to say seven or eight now. So please, for the fucking love of God, do not sit there and act as though this is not a fucking problem. You have to be an idiot. You really do. <laughs> like, this is not a religious person versus, 
you know, non-religious person. Mm-hmm. This is an idiot versus an educated person. This is an idiot versus science. This is a guy who spent 20 years getting dropped on his fucking head and getting barbed wire drilled into his skull and pulling fucking light bulb tubes out of his back versus somebody who actually went to college. Hey, just because you went to college doesn't mean you're smart. I mean, (laughs) that's not entirely incorrect, but it certainly gives you a leg up, I would think, for some people, people who actually paid attention. (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah anything else on drake works before we move on ginger uh this dude just needs to keep his mouth shut from this point because if he keeps going and doesn't separate from wwe and you know is what kind of seems like he's almost using it as a platform they're gonna fucking drop his ass so quit while you're ahead drake and you're not even ahead, so... Or just, just quit stop. before you get fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that's it. <sighs> All right. Moving on. Uh, we covered a story a little while back about Sammy Guevara going to Impact Wrestling and not appearing on the show because he did not like the creative they had for him, attempted to make several changes to the creative that benefited him, uh, and then when it didn't work out, walking away and leaving. Um, so... Uh, Sammy has finally spoken out on this issue, uh, did an interview with Wrestling Inc. Daily, uh, the podcast. Uh, he was asked to comment on the heat with Impact Wrestling, and he said, quote, You know, there were a lot of stuff that was said. It's just business. At the end of the day, I know I didn't really say nothing out there. And all this stuff that came out, it's only coming from one side. And some stuff wasn't true. I don't really want to comment too much on it, you know. It is what it is. It is what It was what it was. I still wish everybody the best. We're all just trying to succeed at the end of the day. So in other breaking news, a wrestler thinks something wasn't his fault. <laughs> I know quite a few people that are like that. <laughs> yeah, no, that, and, and there are a lot of people in the wrestling world. When shit goes wrong in the wrestling business, it's everyone's fault except theirs. Yeah. But a true pro takes the blame. Yep, 100%. Yep. I got my you know ass chewed out quite a bit. <laughs> you know uh, you know who is the most self-deprecating person possibly that I've ever worked with in wrestling? I don't think this person has ever come to the back and thought they had a good match. Who's that? Demon Ortiz. Yep, I knew you were going to say it. Knew and it. he's one of the best wrestlers I've ever worked with. Yeah. Most professional guys, best guys to be around, most creative, great mind for the business, but he will never, ever admit to doing a good job. Nope, he won't. And I don't get and it. If it. And if it goes well, it was the other guy. He carried him. <laughs> I've heard him say that multiple times. I'm like, Louie, nobody fucking carries you to a match, okay? Um but yeah, he uh, he's that way, and mm-hmm. that is, and you said that that's how true pros are, and it's a hundred percent true. Yeah, and they're a very rare breed nowadays. Absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent. And most of them are the old school guys still held over. Yep. Today's wrestling industry, as much as I love it, and I love the people in it, it's become incredibly selfish, mm-hmm. um, and become very much all about getting yourself over and not getting the company, the product, or your opponent over as I, much. I mean, in a way, that's kind of how the business is, 
in general, getting yourself over to succeed, but you have to do it the right way. So another guy I, I respect immensely in the business is uh, John Walters, RJ Brewer. Um, he often made the uh, when we would have conversations. Um, often made the point that if I don't get my opponent over, then what the fuck does beating them mean? Yep. So I can sit here all day and tell you I'm the greatest in the world, but if I'm beating somebody who's the shits, it doesn't mean anything. Nope. If I make my opponent look like a million bucks, if in a promo I tell you he look, he's he's the best thing fucking ever, then when I beat him, it actually means something. Mm-hmm. And that's that's your point. When you when you approach the business selfishly, like your job, your only your only goal is to get yourself over, then you're inherently uh, destined to fail mm-hmm. because you can't get yourself over without getting your opponent over. Yeah. And yeah. that's the core of the business. It really is. And I think, as I just said, I think that's a big problem in wrestling nowadays. Like, especially in the indies. I mean, that shit's gonna happen regardless, and like big time. Like, that that's, that's how it is. But when you're in the indies, you need to have the kind of attitude that we're talking positive about. Because if not, people are going to look at you and be like, nah, I'm not going to book him next month. I can't tell you how many incredibly talented guys I've seen on the indies that don't, don't want to get – people don't want to book them. Yep. For, for very similar reasons to what you talked about. Because they're the greatest wrestler in New England. There are a lot of people who, um, you you know, that I can I can mention to you, mm-hmm. who talked and attituded their way out of a lot of bookings and opportunities through the years because of that that ego that selfishness and it sucks for them but it is what it is and I mean me being in the office so to speak for APW for for from day one till technically kind of today, but um, it's, we would have conversations about people and the person that I think you're talking about, um, I'm not going to drop names, but this is a prime example. We all discussed this that, yeah, he's kind of got a shitty fucking attitude and like, he can't, he can't do it. He can't do no wrong. So he's, and he's not, He's only there to make himself look flashy, but not his opponent. So uh, I think we can go elsewhere for another, get somebody else booked because. And he doesn't. And he doesn't want to work with the company. He doesn't want to do what they need him to do. It's all about. I I've known guys so that that go so far as to bring in their own opponents. They won't work with anybody else in the locker room because they have this guy that they travel with who doesn't care about getting over, who's their buddy, who just travels with them to constantly put them over uh, I'll, I'll name one piece of shit uh brian privatera uh did that years ago uh i don't care because i think the guy's a huge piece of shit as it is but um he did that for a show and he literally locked him he locked him and the two other people in a room for the, their own personal locker room and stayed separate from everybody. And it was just like, dude, you have airbrush pants. <laughs> you are not fucking special. You're a so mofo I, Bradley wannabe that is going absolutely nowhere. 
So and this is the interesting one of the interesting things about this business is that two people can work with the same people and have completely different experiences with those people. Like I know the heat and I know the reputation that individual has. Mm-hmm. That person's always done done good by me mm-hmm. and that's really all I can judge someone on. I know the stories and I've heard them. Oh yeah. But at the same time, I wouldn't want anybody to judge me without without any personal experience based on somebody else's mm-hmm. so i I've, i oh, decided yeah. a long time ago in wrestling i'm not going to do that to other people so i i do know i'm well aware well aware <laughs> of the reputation that person has but that person's always been good to me and my my kid and i'm gonna uh i'm gonna abstain from that discussion but okay. uh but yeah no I, I like i said i'm not i'm not unaware of what you're talking about oh yeah no i'm, I'm and sure i do think people do change in the business after they, they do get humbled and some for some people lessons do get learned mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah you can definitely learn your lesson you can totally change your attitude um uh there was a specific somebody that uh we put over uh quite a bit and after I think it was two, maybe three shows, and we put him over in a huge spot, and his attitude just fucking terrible, and we stopped booking him. And then eventually, there were rumors going around that um, uh, <clears throat> it was he changed his attitude. So it was kind of like, um, oh, I don't know, man. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, people can change. And a, a lot of people spoke highly of this kid, uh, fairly, I want to say within the last two, three years, because mm-hmm. we booked him at the beginning and then didn't see him because we just stopped booking him because of his attitude. But, um, yeah, they wanted to bring him in and they were working on stuff and, uh, I, and then I think the pandemic happened and mm-hmm. it was just like, well, shit, there goes that. So, so it, it's very interesting that you say that because like I said, it, it's, it's strange because different people can have such different experiences with the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, because that person that you're referring to, I was in a locker room with years ago when mm-hmm. he was just sort of starting to get a little bit of recognition and mm-hmm. push and pub and people were noticing him really for the first time. He was starting to become something of uh, one of those local guys that everyone wanted to book, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in a locker room with that guy and this new kid comes in and the promoter was like, hey, listen, um, you know, what's your, what's your work name? And the guy says his work name. And it was the same name as the individual you're referring to, which in the wrestling industry, you know, the veteran uses the name. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. If you're a kid, you go on that. So the promoter said, well, you know what? Go talk to that guy and, and see what he thinks about it. And the other guy's like, listen, people are not going to confuse me for you. Go out and use your name. Get your recognition. Mm-hmm. Which to me was one of those moments like, all right, this is, this is a dude I can fuck with a little bit because mm-hmm. I, I, I was really – like years in the business, I've seen so many times. Like, okay, great, change your name, kid. Tonight you're something else. Yeah. Tonight you're this. Um, actually, one of the funniest stories. A uh, guy we both know, Bo Douglas. Uh, Bo knows. Do you know how you? Do, you know do you ever hear the story about how you became Bo Douglas? I want to say yes, but I think I think I heard it from uh, Big Woody. But uh, okay. I so it was either Tony Tony Rumble or it was Tony Atlas. And I'm not sure which. <clears throat> 
So I'm going to say either one because I don't want I want to get credit where it's due. Um, but he shows up for a show and he's, he's first time working for this individual. And he says, "Well, what's your guy's name?" And he and he says the he says his shoot name and I don't want to put it out there, but he says his shoot name. Uh, and the guy's like, "No, I can't pronounce that. You're Bo Douglas now." And that, was it. <laughs> that was how it was born, uh, and it's a stock. So. Um, but that, that, that's really what it is. So for me, as, as somebody observing this conversation taking place, I was really sort of taken aback by the fact that this guy who's, who's getting over, who's getting recognized, who's starting to build his sort of career on, see his career take a, take a big swing up mm. was very giving of his name to a younger talent. So mm. like I said, it's just, it's, it's funny in a business where, you know, you can have completely different experiences with the same people. So, oh yeah, hundred percent. Mm. 100%. But uh, and this has been Indie Talk was... with Jason and Ginger. Oh, the fuck we got here? But <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> but, uh, all right, moving on. Uh, did you uh, did you ever catch the um, blood and guts match from AEW? Uh, as I um, said, I wouldn't. I did not. Uh, well, there was a lot of talk about the uh, elbow. Not the outside, the the bump that Chris Jericho took off the top of the cage, where everybody uh, wanted him to die, a crash pad. Um, so, on this week's episode of Wrestling Observer Live, uh, Brian Alvarez, <sighs> who uh, Ginger, would you like to sum up your thoughts on Brian Alvarez? He fired everybody. Um, <laughs> he says Jericho actually suffered a legitimate elbow injury. Uh, he said, why in the world was Jericho back? He got thrown off a cage. That guy's supposed to be dead, and he's back a week later. Now, with that said, did you see the cast on Jericho's arm? He fell off the cage, and I think he fractured his elbow. I forget the exact injury, but it's a legitimate elbow injury from falling off the cage. So he fell off the cage, he legitimately hurt himself, and then we've had a week of everybody talking about how fake it looked. He whacked his elbow on the landing, and like he fractured his elbow, and now he's got that big thing on his arm. So, um, fuck that guy. Continue. Brian Alvarez likes to put over the fact that he, at least one time in his life, wrestled. One time. So, you would think somebody who has some degree of time wrestling would understand the notion that everything is planned and occasionally shit goes wrong and you get hurt. The uh, the Owen Hart spot was planned with Stone Cold. Shit went wrong, and Stone Cold's <laughs> neck got fucked up. Yes, sir. It doesn't mean it wasn't like you know the the Matt Hardy spot with Sammy Guevara was planned. Matt missed the fucking table and slammed his head off the ground. Oh. Doesn't mean the spot wasn't planned. Mm-hmm. It means it didn't work right. You can still, these two things are not mutually exclusive. You can still have a shitty, shittily produced fall that exposes the crash pad and cardboard boxes, and the guy can get hurt doing it. Those two things can both exist within the same realm of time. (laughs) No, they can't. So I'm I'm, I'm not entirely sure how Alvarez can ever tout any wrestling knowledge and and espouse these types of viewpoints. That dude's a fucking idiot, man. I'm telling you. That guy is a worthless 
journalist. And people pay. That's the to worst hear part. His opinion. That's the worst fucking part. And even people are starting to turn on those two dipshits too. Their own if fucking anybody, paying customers. Anybody on this listening to this within the sound of my voice at this moment has current does currently or has ever paid Dave Meltzer or Brian Alvarez for their opinions or their and I'm using air quotes news fucking demand a refund start a class action lawsuit get your fucking money back because these people are carnies who have stolen your cash and have for many many years yes 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 i don't i don't understand how people actually listen to this dude both of them i i like People, I, I, oh, I wish I could remember what the fuck the conversation was, but on Facebook, it was something about AEW, and this guy legitimately said, well, no, he said, are you ready? Legitimately said, well, Meltzer said it, so it's got to be true legitimately fucking serious and i just put a billion laughing emojis in reply and i was like first of all your first mistake is listening to that fucking idiot like just totally like people like you said people that pay that dude just stop it's hot garbage journal no i want to i'm I don't even want to refer to him as a fucking journalist anymore because he's not. Dirt sheet. The fucking dirt sheet, dirt eating. He's a carny. Carny. Huh. I, I don't. I don't understand how people fucking take that dude's words seriously, especially. And we constantly bring this up on the show. People in the business have told they feed him bullshit just to see what he reports. Mind-boggling. There is a points system. I've brought it up on the show before. I will bring it up again. There is a points system. Based on how much fake shit you can get Meltzer to report. <laughs> Unreal. All right, I'm done talking about those two dipshits. All right, let's talk about something we like. Titties! Yeah! Uh, so it was reported today that Zelina Vega... Uh, who was released by the WWE in November of 2020 uh, after their ban on third-party platforms, uh, has shown up at the Performance Center today. Her for her appearance there, however, does not appear to be just a regular stop-by, see how you're doing, or pick up your trash bag that's been nicely prepared for you. Uh, <laughs> apparently, she was being filmed by a production crew, and the plan is that she is returning to the WWE. Um Obviously, we know she she had ties to Andrade, who's not there anymore. So there has been speculation that now with the repackaging of Aleister Black, maybe she'll be packaged back up with him or put back on her own in the women's division where they started to give her a little push before she left. Um, so first off, I'm happy to see Zelina back. I am a fan of hers. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, She's fun to look at, too. That's, it doesn't hurt, for sure. <laughs> um this is one of those things, though, where I, I really, as much as I love wrestling and I consider myself a wrestling fan, I, I there are times when I find myself just really hating 
the, the the marks, the stands in wrestling. Because I can't tell you how many posts I saw today on different Facebook groups talking about, oh, well, this is unfortunate for her. This is clearly where she wants to fucking be. Yeah. Nobody put a gun to her head. This was her lifelong dream, was to work for WWE. She got caught up in something. She sort of outright slapped the boss in the face when they set forth a new policy that she didn't agree with. So they had no choice but to sort of let her go. That was it. And now she's going to come back. I don't know that she... So anybody who gives any fuck or, or thinks that they know better where someone should work or what makes someone happy or because you like a company better, somebody shouldn't work there, you can just go fuck yourself. Yep. Yep. Straight up. Straight up your ass. But like a like a rose from uh, Angel Garza. Uh, I am uh, <laughs> I am, however, incredibly happy to see Zelina back, and I'm very excited to see what they do with her. And I think pairing her with Alistair would be a very interesting possibility. Um, I think there are a lot of interesting possibilities you could do with Zelina these days. But uh, I, you know, so, I, I just I wish they didn't release Andrade. I wish they actually used them and so, kept those two kept together. So let me let me let me throw something at you. Sure. She was, she was filmed at the Performance Center, right? Mm-hmm. What if she's being groomed to work with Santos Escobar? Okay. I'll take it. Because I don't think Santos is long for NXT at this point. I think he's the guy that they have pegged to be sort of that next Andrade guy on the main I roster. Don't, I don't want that. <laughs> I know, I know, but I think I think part of the reason they might have been willing to let go of Andrade is that they looked at, we got this guy down there. Or... He can probably do the same thing and speaks better English. Or they put it back with Angel Garza. That's possible, too. No, I, I just... I, I don't where would he put a rose on her? Right in those titties. But he wouldn't kick it. He'd just place it there nicely. And then Alistair Black comes out and kicks him in the face. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm interested to see what's going on here. Uh, I, I don't think I want to see her with Alistair Black, though. I feel Alistair does fine on his own with his promo. He can talk, obviously. He obviously can work. So I, I don't – I feel like they should put her with somebody that's not exactly good on okay, the so mic. Who would you put her with? Uh, she'd be, uh, Cedric Alexander would be an interesting pairing. Well, Cedric is okay on the mic. Eh, he's okay, but she so, – so, so what about Ahil Cesaro? Oh, we're going to go back to when he was uh, – with, oh, what the fuck is her name? What was her name when he first came in? Who was the chick oh, manager? Uh, um, the one that was supposedly banging uh, Teddy Long, too. Yeah. I want to say Ariana, but I know that wasn't No, it wasn't that. It was... Um, oh, my God. All right, ramble for a minute. <clears throat> Oksana. Oksana, yes. It popped in my head as I was trying to figure out how to type it. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't think. 
But you're but, gonna get a heel Oksana couldn't talk. Oksana couldn't cut a promo. Oh God, no! She was fucking awful. Like Zelina would actually be useful as a mouthpiece. I don't know. I'm kind of like this. Ba- I, I like this babyface Cesaro. Oh, I do too. I'm just saying, I, an ideal scenario. Who who could she help the most as a mouthpiece for? Uh, Reginald. No, I'm just kidding. Totally uh. just kidding with that comment. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Because uh, obviously Angel Garza can talk. Yeah. No, Santos has absolutely no fucking problem talking. He's been dropping no. some serious fucking lines in the past few months. No. Um, I don't know. I feel like. I mean, you could put her with Cesaro technically for a nice moment. What if she's but... the What if she's the business manager for Cameron? <laughs> I would be fucking kind of disappointed. Because I feel Grimes obviously can cut promos too, and yeah, but, but imagine the two of them together, like him being ridiculous with his money and her trying to like rein him in, and <laughs> he can they could do a sugar daddy angle. I don't think that's going to go over. No, age, no. But <laughs> I mean, it would go over, but they would never do it. Right. Yes. So. Uh, it's interesting, I, like I said, like I keep saying, like for the third, fourth time, I'm inter- interested to see what they're gonna do with her. Cause, uh, I mean, if she goes singles and starts whooping ass in the ring, I'm okay with that too. So, all right. Uh, well, I think that's about gonna do it. Except that I have, uh, after years or a year now of watching uh, Dynamite on TNT, I have officially come to a conclusion, which I will tout here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Uh, AEW does not, in fact, stand for All Elite Wrestling. It it stands for Attitude Era Wrestling because they're just copying everything that happened in the Attitude Era. So, Okay, I like it. They did the, they did the beer bash tonight, or this week. A beer bath? Oh, I know. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on the socials today. After they did the Rikishi off the top of the Hell in a Cell spot last week, it's just it, it's they're, they're just recreating the Attitude Era. That's all but, they're doing. But but it was with Babale. Yeah. Oh, well, it's totally different. It's it's completely revolutionary. It's changing the business. What what's better, throwing tomatoes at somebody or a bubbly bath? By the way, Cody cut a promo about anti-immigrants oh yeah so you know yeah after talking about a guy's about... a heel because he's British ah oh, god oh my god a oh. guy who's had 17 eye surgeries just to be able to be a professional wrestler is the heel because he's British yeah and according to Brett not the uplifting <laughs> inspirational story guy no 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 he's British so he's a heel and according to Brandy Rhodes, that promo was a piece of history. I've never been moved like that. I wasn't ready for it. I can't wait until our daughter is old enough to understand. That promo was a piece of something. It wasn't history. It was a piece of shit. The jokes are so much funnier when you when you explain them, Ginger. I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> Gotta do it. Gotta do it to, for the people that don't understand. Alrighty. All right. Is that it for news? That's going to do it for all the news. All right. Well, no plugs because we insert that shit like a penis in a veg. 
So, Jason, are you ready? Yep. All right, cool. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the NXT Rundown. We start no! off... No! I just need a minute. We start off with a replay of last week's Women's Tag Team Championship match where we crowned new champions. Uh, Build-up package for the two out of three falls match for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship and a package for the Women's Championship match and the way taking out Cross last week. And we go to Austin Theory already in the ring with Johnny Gargano. And they, he is patiently waiting to get his ass kicked by carrying Cross. Cross comes out, and after the entrance, they show Theory and Johnny standing on the outside, and... Austin has the, like, the oh shit look on my look on his face. Love the way they sold it. And then, like, Johnny yeah. kind of... Sna- Johnny had that face, too, but he kind of snapped out of it. He's like, all right, Theory, come on, let's go. You got to start pushing him. In my the- favorite part, as he's pushing him in, he's like, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And by the way, can I just say, uh, if you guys have not watched this week's edition of NXT, uh, let me give you a reason. This is probably the most amazing Scarlet has looked on NXT TV, oh. and that's saying a lot. Those, she had the hair, the hair and makeup were fucking on point this week. Those skeleton hands on her dress are very lucky. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Oh, uh, so. Theory reluctantly gets. Oh, and apparently, uh, apparently, Karrion Cross is a gladiator now. This new gear, very like uh, Russell Crowe gladiator-ish. He had a I know. I just, I, I thought it was a one-time thing for Takeover, but apparently yeah. now it's his new deal. Yeah, fuck it. So, Why not? Uh, or uh, Cross no sells some offense right off the bat and hits a boot on Theory in the corner. Uh, Theory tries a little more, but Cross no sells and. He uh, delivers a vicious murder line of theory. Uh, then he gets kicked in the fucking mush. Saido suplex by Cross. Gargano then jumps up on the apron, distracts the ref, and Theory viciously irakes Cross. They go outside, and Theory smashes him into the boards and hits a DDT on the floor. Now, this is right at this moment. I could tell Vic Joseph was going to piss me off all fucking episode Barrett is in the middle of a fucking like sentence and Vic Joseph just screams over Barrett and I'm like dude let him fucking finish what the fuck he's saying I I just don't understand why Vic has to fucking do that constantly and he does it throughout this whole fucking episode if he didn't do that, how would you know when innovative offense occurs? Oh, my God, dude. It was just like, what the fuck, man? Like, shut the fuck up. No, listen, and all joking aside, as a play-by-play guy, when you get to those crescendo points in the match where it's a really close two-counter, it's a big false here, a big spot occurs, you do need to break it up, and you do need to put that spot over. And your job is to emphasize what's going on in the ring. And at times that means you're going to have to stop the color guy from rambling a little bit. Which I understand. But when you do it, like, five or six times in one match, it's like, dude, stop, please. Okay, so so here's the problem with that line of thinking, right? Sure. 
as an announcer, I'm going to just lay this out there. Yeah. If I only do that during the finish of spot of the match and not during all the other fall season close finishes, are am I or am I not sort of giving away to you what the finish is? Oh no no I listen. I don't mind when it happens sometimes. You have to be consistent. If you're going to do it at the finish, you have to do it at every other point in the match where it's a false spot. But somebody, I think during the Raquel, uh, we'll talk about the women's match, but Raquel hits a clothesline, and he fucking does it to Beth. A fucking clothesline. Well, everyone cuts off Beth. Well, that's fucking bullshit. Oh. It's just, it, it just acts. I'm sorry, what, what did you say she hit her with? A clothesline? No, no, I'm sorry. That, that's called innovative offense. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes, on rare occasion, it's known as, oh! <laughs> oh! Uh, rolling Thunder Dropkick gets a one for Theory. Follow-away slam, but cross no-sells, and Johnny is in the corner. So he did it from the corner. Johnny is conversating with Theory, and... Johnny just eyeballs towards Cross and goes, get up, get up, he's up, he's up, he's up. <laughs> there. Oh, boy. Uh, Theory then feeds into two Doomsday Saitos, hits the running forearm and the cross jacket. And, or actually, I'm sorry. He back-mounted on Theory, hit him with a shit ton of forearms, throws on the straight jacket. And Theory is Cross already jacket. out. Cross jacket. And Theory is out. And you're so winning. Carrying Cross. That forearm to the back of the head, I think that's called Time's Up, because he yells Time's Up right before he does it. Makes and sense. Checks the Makes watch. sense. Um, I think. I'm not 100% sure on that. That's just mm-hmm. a theory. Um, not uh-huh. an Austin theory. Um, so I don't know how you felt about this. The match itself was fine. Yeah. Um, I wasn't crazy about Theory going full jobber in this, though. Like, this was a complete fucking squash. And I think Austin Theory, at some point, is a guy you might want to actually do something with. And the message you sent me with this match was that he is fucking useless. No, I mean... So you gotta look I, at- again. I don't. I don't mind Cross looking dominant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this was an absolute fucking squash. Like they made Austin the way whoever put this match together made Austin Theory look like a piece of shit. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand that you, but Theory. I think they're kind of looking at Theory as the goofy. Yeah, he gets offense, but it's not. It's not what's going to get the job done. So. Right, so that so then in you know a month and a half when you're trying to convince me that Austin Theory can beat Bronson Reed for the North American title, why in the fuck am I going to buy that? Because Bronson Reed is no carrying cross. Because what you've told me is that Austin Theory can't play at this level. Okay. That's what this performance said to me. Yeah. In a kayfabe world. Okay, but this is NXT, so. Oh, I got, I got I got some issues we're going to discuss later on. Go ahead. <laughs> so Finn pulls across and is standing behind Cross and says, "I don't." Wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Before you even get to what he says, hold on, right. because this is the difference when we talk about AEW and NXT. 
This is the difference. We spent a week talking about the shitty production of AEW and the way they shot that last angle mm. versus this, where you have Cross and you have no fucking clue Finn is there until the camera pans up and he's been standing right behind him the whole time. Yep. That's beautiful camera work. That's beautiful production, and that's that's where WWE beats them all day and twice on Sunday. And also a good example of that also would be the uh, Keith Lee when he used to ra- rise in the yep. corner. Yep. Another prime example. Vince McMahon, the bloody Vince McMahon head popping oh, up from the magic. Yeah. Um. Finn says, "I don't wait in lines. I want right my rematch." Cross says, "And I want it just as bad." Not his penis. Let's do this. So And then Finn just says done as he leaves. Yep. So I guess we're gonna get a rematch. And I'm okay with that. I'm good with it. I'm good. I don't mind that Finn's Uh, gonna skip the line of this one. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Finn's going up to the main roster again. I would think so. There's really not much else to do down here. I hope they don't put him on Raw because then he's just gonna be put on a shit fucking show. Maybe he'll be a top guy on Raw, though. They do need two top guys, because the only three... And the, may- last time, the last time Finn was on the main roster, he beat Bobby Lashley for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. He did. So. He might be the guy that could come in and have a, have a claim, stake a claim to beating Bobby Lashley. He's the last guy to... Yeah. Was he the last guy that really beat him? Was the Strowman thing after Finn or before? I don't remember. But. Uh, I don't fucking remember. Because Finn's been in NXT for what? Two years? Two years? A little over a year. Yeah, a little bit over a year, I think. Yeah. Year and a half, maybe. So, yeah. yeah, it's a possibility. Uh, Kushida is entering the building, and then they flash to Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez walking in as well. And it, and it specifically said earlier today, so yeah. they probably made it to work on time. Right. <laughs> Which is a rare thing. I don't even want to fucking talk about this dude, but Leon Ruff interrupts William Regal (laughs) and demands to compete. Regal basically tells him... Do you know why he demanded to compete? No. Because it's an episode of NXT. Yep. And he fucking competes on every episode of NXT. And Regal basically tells him, fuck off, you haven't been cleared. Leon throws a temper tantrum and leaves. No, Leon says he has been cleared. That was the whole crux, was that Leon has been cleared... But Regal says he's still not going to put him out there. See, even Regal doesn't want his fucking ass on TV. <laughs> because, and that's my note, in that moment, we are all William Regal. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, we go to the ring, and Brazongo is in the ring, and they are going to take on MSK. All night. All day. I like that. I like that line. Yeah. All night, all day. It's a good one. Lee and Breeze start uh, a little back and forth, and they both try for super kicks, and their feet kiss and respectively tag their partners. Except only Lee sells it. Yeah. Which, I I don't mind one person selling it, to be honest. Because it makes the other guy look, it puts the other guy's super kick over. You know, I mean, you discussed this during the yes. news segment. You got to yeah. put your guy over. And Breeze, that was his finisher at one point. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Randomly, the referee gets involved in an international, and Carter hits a dropkick <sighs> on Breeze. This made no fucking sense. I fucking hated this. And I know, I, I'm sure knowing you that you fucking hated this too. Um, this is cheap humor indie PWG style bullshit. Yep. Um, here's my problem with this. For everybody that thinks this was great and it was entertaining and it was funny, sure. It was. All those things. It was great. It was, I, I don't say it was great, but it was entertaining for the moment. It was funny for the moment. But do you know what you, you do you know what by doing this you, you just told the viewer? These guys aren't special because a referee can do everything they can do. Yep. And it takes away the fucking show from if, the workers. If fucking, if I, I, I don't know who the fucking good golfers in the world are now, so I'm just going to say Tiger Woods, but I know he's like got one leg or whatever. Um, but if Tiger Woods is fucking teeing off on the fucking 18th hole and somebody can grab a golf club out of the audience and do it as good as he can, guess what? Tiger Woods isn't special anymore. And that's what you do when you do spots like this. And that's why I fucking hated this. I hate it because it took away from the match, so... Yeah. (laughs) They both look at the ref confused, as I am, and we go to break. Dango in control when we come back, but Lee runs in, and Dango delivers a Japanese arm drag into the turnbuckle, then hits a falcon arrow, getting a two-count. God, that looked pretty, pretty rough, that turnbuckle bump but msk hit hot fire flame and lee gets tackled by dango into oh the you missed one of my favorite points in the match up. though uh, what's that at one point uh dango knocks down nash and he does his little hip swivel dance <laughs> yes. nash comes back and knocks him down and nash does the dance horribly yeah, yeah. it was I so awkward looking it was like yeah. old man dancing yeah. shit Yes, I popped for that huge. <laughs> Emma, yeah, they hit Hot Fire Flame. Uh, and Jason's favorite spot, Dango tagle, tackles Lee into break the pinup. Oh, you actually missed another spot that I that I thought was okay, but I... I... So at one point, uh, Tyler Breeze goes to slingshot Lee up. They do that spot where he slingshots him. Lee hits the top rope, falls back on Dango's knees. Yeah. I'm sorry, on Breeze's knees, and then Dango hits the, I think the, the slingshot elbow from the outside. Yeah. Uh, so they go to do that spot, and Lee has it scouted, drops his shoulder, and basically like Breeze slingshots him into uh, knocking Dango off the apron with the with the shot to the gut. Mm-hmm. Now that spot was cool because I understood what Breeze and Dango were going for. Yeah. If I wasn't a regular viewer of Breezango. I'd be sitting here going, Tyler Breeze is a fucking idiot. He just took out his own partner. Yeah, but obviously they're going for a tag team move. You know what I mean? Even, even if... It, it, but 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 I'm saying this. If I didn't know that that's one of Breezango's moves, I'm just looking at it going, okay, he just fucking whipped the guy into his partner because he didn't realize his partner was standing there. True, but everybody understands how a slingshot works. If you're if you're you know if you've watched wrestling before you know how a slingshot goes. Yeah. Right, but you know I don't know I just I didn't love it the way they did it. I, I mean I thought it was cool because like I knew what the move was. Yeah. But if, uh, no, I, I'm just I understand at it from your point of view. If I didn't know that it would yeah. be. Okay. 
Uh, all four men in the ring going shot for shot. Lee hits Dango with an enziguri. Breeze hits super kicks on both of MSK members and tags Dango. He goes to the last dance, but Carter cuts him off, but Dango pushes him off. But Carter hits a running knee, then a moonsault off the second turnbuckle to the outside on both Breeze and Dango. Breeze goes for the unprettier, but Carter hits a super kick. MSK hits, according to fucking Vic Joseph, Bua in transmission, according to Vic, and MSK wins the match. This is the second week in a row he's referred to it as end transmission, so I'm guessing that's the name of the move. Uh, he said Bua in transmission. End transmission. That's yeah, the name of the move. It sounded like he said M. Yeah. Bua! I was like, what the fuck did he just say? Hey, Bua goes to dynamite. <laughs> uh, after the match, uh, MSK yelled to Legato, they are not hard to find. Uh, thoughts on this match, Jason? Uh, it was good. Uh, it was it was fun. It wasn't like a classic or anything. Um but it was it was an entertaining couple minutes of wrestling. Uh, it was actually to me really a showcase of Wesley. I thought he really shined in this particular match. A lot of his counters and aerial stuff, and his even a little bit of cockiness. Uh, the thing that really struck me watching MSK in this match was Impact Wrestling was never willing to put their t- titles on these guys. <laughs> I think we bring that like every bring that up every week. Yeah, well, it was such a colossal failure of Impact Wrestling that, you know, <sighs> but they really hitched their wagons to Deanna Peraza, though. Oh man, why are you laughing at the mention of Deanna Peraza, did you? Um, well, fuck it, I'll read it. Hold on, let me find <laughs> it real quick. Uh, Troy. Went ahead and tweeted at one Deanna Perrazzo and said, uh, by the way, at um, Rockstar Troy, suggestion for the title of Deanna Perrazzo's autobiography. Deanna, the plot thickens. Hashtag thick girls. Which then she replied, suggestion for the title of at Rockstar Troy's autobiography. Shut TF up. Weak. Yeah, it's not even a good comeback. Weak as hell. Like, oh, God. That's like saying, oh, your mom's fat. Oh, your mom's stupid. Like, God. So so I checked. I saw this at, God, I don't know what time. Deanna made her response at 6.25 p.m. As we're recording this, it is almost 11 Mm o'clock. So I checked this around the time Troy sent it, and I went to her page because I wanted to see what her her fans responded to this. Mm -hmm. There's three responses at the time. One was from Troy, trying to explain to her that it was actually meant as a compliment. Uh, Then a Deanna Perrazzo fan page account, and then one other person. Uh, Since that time, this afternoon... Uh, there is still three responses. So, <laughs> with all the stands for women's wrestling that exist on Twitter, 
Usually, if Troy did this to most other women in wrestling... Uh, who was your prime example in our thread? Brandy Rhodes. Yeah. If he had done this to Brandy Rhodes, for example, like he'd have got eviscerated on Twitter with hate. Oh, yeah. I mean, my wife got lit the fuck up by the Bella Army over something that wasn't even a thing. Um, I'm sure. It's just like, once that person quote tweets it, you know what they're going for. They're trying to sick their fans on that person. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what shock of shocks. That's what quote tweets are for, for celebrities is find some shit. Somebody says that pisses you off, quote, tweet it, and then wait for your fans to just fucking eviscerate them. Um, either Diana doesn't have that many fans or they all agree with Troy. <laughs> no, I don't know which, but I mean, it wasn't really, I mean, I said this in our thread as well. I'm a thick girl guy. So technically, I would have looked at that as a comment if I was her. So Nikki Bella? You heart Nikki Bella? No. Her attitude is fucking dog shit. Like, that was that. Like I said, I think I mentioned in the hoster, like, that is the perfect quintessential, exactly what you would expect response from Deanna Perrazzo because it's just there. Yep. Like, it's not good, it's not funny, it's it's okay. It's just vanilla ice cream, which is sort of what Diana Perrazzo is. Good, technical, doesn't bring a ton of charisma or promo skills or that stuff to the table. Like, she's a good worker, good, solid hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and Impact apparently have made the decision that she is the be-all end-all of women's wrestling. So, you know, I, I respectfully disagree with them on that. So, uh. But they drop MSK. Yep. What a shame. But good for us, because we don't want yes. that shit. Yep. <laughs> Johnny Gargano is backstage, and he's marching right into Regal's office. Regal immediately says, I have no meeting right now, and I left the door open for you. <laughs> Johnny complains about his match next week with Reed and says he should be treated like a champion. Regal then says, Regal says, then I do. I even got market to make your headbands. No, no. no. So Johnny asks Regal why he hates him. And Regal <laughs> says, I don't hate you. I value you. I even asked marketing to make you your own headbands. And then Johnny agrees and goes, yeah, they look pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Regal it's says, a "Take you, off, by the way, of because uh, Johnny Gargano is a big Cleveland Browns fan. It's a takeoff of the Baker Mayfield headband. Ah, okay, so, right. that's where that comes from." Uh, Regal says, "You're still defending your championship next week." Johnny, in frustration, slowly reaches for Regal's brass knuckles. Don't you do it? Regal insistently <laughs> says, "Don't you dare touch those!" So Johnny stops, grabs the pencil that Regal is holding, and breaks it over his knee, throws it at him, and walks out. Regal, I think, was like, what What the fuck just happened? Regal is perfect for this role, though. Dude. His comedic timing is so fucking on oh point. Oh, my God. He must love doing these segments with Gargano. Yeah. Oh, bad, yeah. Because I can only imagine, like, there. Look at, like, the great segments Regal's had to work. Like, that, all that great Tajiri shit they did back oh, in the day. Even the stuff with yeah. Eugene the, was fantastic. Yeah, the Jericho stuff. Yep, yep. Like he's gotten to, he's gotten to be a part of some of the really really good comedy shit and his role in NXT is has branched out to cover a lot of that. his shit with uh, Cameron Grimes was great oh, yeah. for a while there. 
the Gargano stuff is the current stuff. Uh, not a lot of dinner time on this episode, though, huh? I'm fucking hungry, man. Yeah, no, no dinner time this okay. week. Well, well, we'll get to that in a little while, a little bit. Okay. Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan are walking towards the entranceway. Uh, Mercedes Martinez is getting ready for her match. We then announced that news broke earlier today. NXT In Your House live Sunday, June 13th is your next live event. And I popped the boner because it is again hosted by Todd. By Todd Penceldick. Yes. Yeah, that guy. (laughs) Todd Pentengill, baby. I wonder how much they pay him. Never mind, I was going to say something, and I realized I can't say that. Never mind, go ahead. Okay. I wonder how much they pay him to do these. It's got to be a good chunk of change if he's doing it. I would think. It's amazing. I'm happy. Everize appears behind commentary with their Everize live sign, drinking their coffee mugs. This was fantastic. This was... So, I'll show my age a little bit. Uh, I remember, like, when MTV used to do, like, Total Request Live, and they'd have their shit in their studio, and then they'd have, like, those fans behind the glass window mm-hmm. with all their fucking signs and shit. TRL, And that's yo. what this reminded me of. Yeah. <laughs> we go to commercial. We come back to Pete Dunn is in the ring. He doesn't blame Cross for picking Balor for his next defense because he knows he is the toughest challenge for Cross, meaning Pete Dunn is. Keep dugging me, mate, because that title is mine. He's the baddest man in NXT and puts out an open challenge. <sighs> and that's where it ends. Yeah. I mean, we can and nobody, skip it. Nobody comes wrong. out, and then we go to a Legato promo. So. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll skip over it. <laughs> I'll go ahead. Out of nowhere, Leon fucking rough blindsides done. Matt starts and Dunn takes... Who does this guy have naked pictures of? Like, just for a second, think of all the fucking talent they have in NXT. This guy is on every fucking week. You know where this is leading to, though. What? He's going to continuously do these open challenges, and eventually we are going to get the man that me and you are dying for him to have a match with. Oh, I thought you meant the Leon Ruff angle. Oh, no, fuck that. I don't give a shit about oh. him. I don't care. Just just get him off my TV. Um, but yeah, it's going to be... I have an th- idea where the Leon Ruff thing is going eventually, but... He's going to get fired. No. What do you think? Before we get to the good one, let's do the bad one first. Where's it going? I think he's going to ultimately end up as part of Swerve's group. He's going to have another match with Swerve. He's going to urge Swerve's respect. He's going to turn heel on somebody and join Swerve. And be Swerve's hype man. Oh, God. So, I think we're going to... Dunn's going to continuously put these open challenges out. And eventually, we're going to get to Daniel Bryan versus Pete Dunn. I will... Fucking shoot loads all the way to Wisconsin. Oh, no, no. Daniel Bryan's going to AEW. You haven't heard? Oh, yeah. I... Okay. Let's do this. I can't fucking (laughs) believe people are this fucking stupid to think he's not still under contract. Oh, they moved him to the alumni page. Yeah. 
How many other fucking people have they done that to? And guess what? They came back. Folks, I've said this on several of these Facebook fucking groups and shit. WWE is always very, 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 very particular and careful with the words they choose for things. Yep. They very specifically and on multiple occasions said if Daniel Bryan lost, he would have to leave SmackDown. Not the WWE. Put his contracts up. Oh! But... Which sounds like exactly the story I would want to float if I was selling this angle. That's the di- that's the conversation about the dipshit who believed Meltzer on it. That's exactly yeah. that, that. I'm so glad this got brought up. This dumbass was like, "Oh, Meltzer said his his um his uh, his contract was up last September." I was like, "WWE would not allow somebody to work seven months without a contract. No fucking way." Laugh emoji times a million. So, do you th- do you think we'll eventually get that for an open challenge? Whether I think we will or not, I don't know, but I would love to see it. Oh, dude, jizz all the way to Wisconsin, just for Troy to eat it up. Open up, Troy. Okay. <laughs> um. Ruff hits a kip-up kick, but Dunn recovers after the rope dodge and joint manipulation while Dunn punches him in the head repeatedly. <laughs> Dunn hits a fucking vicious murder line. Um, gets a short comeback with an enziguri, goes for a springboard cutter, but Dunn bitch slaps him out of the air, puts a head-arm triangle, and rains down elbows, and the ref calls the match. That wasn't a head-arm triangle, by the way. What was it? A uh, figure-four headlock. He didn't have the arm inside the legs. It was just the legs figure four position around. Oh, really? Head. I thought yeah, he had the arm in there. Nope. And he just rained down the elbows. Oh, okay. Uh, Dunn, then after the match, grabs Ruff's fingers and snaps them. So maybe now we won't be on TV. For oh, no. It'll just be the story next week as to why Regal won't book him. This is the angle now. Is every week. He's going he's gonna to be like the Monty Python guy that keeps getting fucking limbs cut off and keeps coming back. <laughs> Gets arrows stuck in him and all that shit. Yeah. Now, if we start shooting Leon Ruff with arrows, I might be into that. <laughs> Get that dude off the fucking TV. Like you said, we have so much talent. It, like I, I, Here's the thing. Leon Ruff is a talented competitor, right? I don't want to sit here and say, like, yeah. the guy can't wrestle. He's yeah. a talented competitor. Uh-huh. My issue is not that I fucking hate Leon Ruff. My issue is that I don't need Leon Ruff on TV more than Santos Escobar. I don't need Leon Ruff on TV more than Swerve Scott. I don't need Leon Ruff. Like, Leon Ruff has his place, and he can be useful in certain storylines and certain angles, but he's become a fucking centerpiece, and that's a problem for me. Yeah, and you know who else wasn't on TV this week? Who? Tommaso Ciampa. You know who was on TV this week? Leon fucking Ruff. Maybe maybe Ciampa asked for the night off or some shit, but well, I don't mind that though. That's no. the thing. Like, I, 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 that's one of the things I actually sort of like about NXT is that you don't get everything all the time. Yeah. You know, like we don't. We had two title matches this week, and next week we're getting the North American title match. But we're not getting them all in the same week. It's not like so. Next week you won't see probably Raquel. Next week, or at least maybe not in a promo, but. 
you probably won't see um, Kushida. You know what I mean? Like, so there's a certain degree of anticipation because you don't see the same people all the time every week like you do on the main roster. Yeah. Yeah. Legato Del Fantasma is backstage. Escobar cuts a promo, says the only reason you're still champion is because I like you, but tonight it comes to an end. I love that line. Yeah. That was good. But he said a few other things. You know, he's going to win the title back. And, um, yeah, that's that's going to be the main event tonight. And I'm for it. Uh, I just like that. That's going to be one of the ones I'm going to hold over you forever was the, the I don't like I don't fucking like Escobar. I didn't li- I didn't like him with the mask on. I didn't see you it. You didn't like him even after that for a while. Yeah, it took a while. Me, but yeah, I mean, that happens to me with a lot of people. Raquel Doesn't prepping. mean I'm not going to hold it over your head, though. Yeah, okay. Raquel <laughs> prepping for her match, which is next. Frankie Monet and her fucking dog that she always loses debut in two weeks. Also in two weeks, it is announced. Presley is the dog, by the way. What? Presley is the Presley? dog. Presley? Oh, okay. Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship, also in two weeks. Mercedes Martinez versus Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. Raquel in her back pose. Yes. It's the weirdest fucking entrance. I did how she kind of like put the title backwards into the back flex. Yeah. She kind of worked in it. So that, that's okay. I guess. She has to work in some squats though. Yeah. Yeah. Get that booty packing. Those pants were a little uh, sagging. Mm-hmm. Martinez immediately attacks and hits a clothesline over the top, then a front roll plancha off the apron, then slams Raquel into the boards. Into box we go. Back and Raquel hits a short arm clothesline for a two. Little miscommunication and Martinez just drops and Raquel blanks and Mercedes Light does a double leg takedown to recover. So, so it's actually interesting you brought this point up because this to me this this match had a lot of uh, yeah we'll get into sloppy it. points. Um, but a couple weeks ago when you weren't here and Troy was filling in, I don't know if you listened to that episode, mm-hmm. but I uh, I brought up the point during Mercedes match with God I don't know if it was Jesse Kamea or somebody I forget who it was. Um, I brought up the point that it looked like Mercedes' footwork was really off that match for some reason mm-hmm. and i sort of felt the same here and i don't know if you thought it that way too uh particularly one of the spots raquel goes to shove her off the ropes and it looks like she hits the ropes with the wrong feet gets oh, crossed yes. up yeah comes off slow and it just threw the whole sequence off yeah that's one of my notes later as well uh, so did you did you see it as 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 Rough footwork, too? I thought, honestly, I thought it was just miscommunication between the two, to be honest. Okay. But I, I did kind of notice, like, well... But now it's now it's two separate people where the same yes. sort of stuff has happened. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's miscommunication between two people anymore. That's why I, that's why I noticed the footwork looked weird to me, mm-hmm. and I looked it looked weird to me again this week. And I don't know if she's nursing an injury and she's trying to sort of protect part of her body, because people do that sometimes. Yep. But... It, it something was definitely off because Mercedes is usually way better than this. Yeah, and Raquel's still green, so that's that's part of it too, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, nice rope draped spinning suplex for a two by Martinez. Really liked it. Yep. She didn't spin. She didn't do Nikki Cross's finish. Yep. She did the. She turned the opposite way. It looked brutal. 
Uh, both on the apron, Mercedes hits a very weak spear. Uh, Martinez goes off the t- off the ropes and drops again, but Raquel hooks a powerbomb and falls back and hot shots Martinez on the top rope. Then on the outside, Ma- Raquel rams her into the post and throws her in and gets a two count. Another fucking botch, and I have no idea what the fuck they were going for here. Uh, Gonzalez attempts a single-arm powerbomb, but Mercedes reverses and hits a fisherman's buster. Which was her finisher at one point in NXT. So. Yes. Martinez attempts the knee strike, but she is shoved off, big-booted, and a single-arm powerbombed, and still your NXT Women's Champion, Raquel Gonzalez. Boy, this is a sloppy fucking match here. I really had high hopes for this match when they yeah. booked it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it did not live up to the expectations. I feel like it was some miscommunications, and they just did. They obviously didn't uh, mesh together very well. Yeah, it still didn't work for me. No, not at all. Uh, did I miss anything, or no? I, I didn't have a ton of notes. I was sort of checking out all the the mistakes and slip ups and trying to figure out where the, those were. But yeah, it was it was brutal. We go to the outside, and a Range Rover pulls up, and Isaiah Swerve Scott, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, and crew get out and enter the building. A commotion out back, and dinner time's only appearance. She's trying to run up to see what the fuck is going on, and Theory and Johnny come out of a room, and uh-huh. they just beat the shit out of Bronson Reed. And Bronson Reed getting but, up says, Johnny Gargano's a dead man. Scotty Too Hotty making his uh, NXT appearance, too. I don't know if you caught that. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, Scotty looking a little uh, little, uh, little older now. But, uh, yeah. I bet he can still do, do a hell of a worm. Probably. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't understand why we didn't just show Reed getting beat up. Uh, no idea. No, I didn't. It seems weird, but oh. whatever. But I love the fact that Austin Theory walked out of the lock, out of the room with the also, ice pack still on his neck. Yeah. Also, also, if the match is next week, why is Bronson Reed in his gear? Was he in his gear? I thought he was mm-hmm. just in a t-shirt. I was in his gear under the, under his t-shirt though. Mm. I don't know. Weird. I thought oh. he has knee pads. I could be wrong. So earlier in the night. I think I want to say it would, might have been during the first match. They said tonight we were supposed to have uh, Alexander Wolf versus Killian Dane, but apparently Wolf has flu-like symptoms and cannot commit compete. Mm-hmm. That was a little weird. No, it wasn't weird. It was genius. What was that? Oh, you didn't catch this? No. This is Eva Marie, sir. What? Do you remember for, for months and months they would build up a program with Eva Marie and then she would find some reason that she couldn't wrestle? Oh, yes. The angle with these two has been that they're friends and, you know, Imperium thinks that Wolf is too soft on Dane and blah, blah, blah. So they're finding reasons for Wolf to pull out of wrestling Killian uh, Dane. Ah, okay. I bet you this isn't the only time this match gets canceled. Probably. 
Because it was just so random, they just blurted it out, and yep. that was it. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott is on the rampway. He says, it's about to get really spooky here in NXT. Lights go out, and we are we in... We Def Troy on, then. He's the, he's the savant of all things spoopy on the Rundown Wrestling Network. <laughs> spoopy? Yeah. Okay. Lights go out, and we are introduced to Hit Row. So at this point, I have the note. So Swerve, Swerve Scott is now Suge Knight of NXT. <laughs> oh man! Hopefully, this not. is clearly a takeoff on Death Row, right? Oh like, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, they get in the ring, and Scott sits in a red wheelchair—not a wheelchair, but like it had wheels on it. Uh, Swerve was trying to be something he wasn't. What is him? He's a savage. He's disrespectful. Swerve is a bad man. I looked at it like, oh, they were trying to have me say all this. Whose house is it? Yeah. Swerve's house. I love that he was fucking mocking that. Mm-hmm. And I know you hated that when he did it, so. Yeah. Todd Dollar is introduced, and he's nefarious. Why the fuck would they introduce this guy as AJ Francis last week? Literally said it on the fucking broadcast. And then call him Top Dollar this week. This is stupid. He's nefarious, dangerous, and hits us with a rhyme. But Nada is who's better. Man not introduced compliments his own tight clothes. He's going to World Star, motherfuckers. Man, man not introduced. They didn't introduce him. They called him Ashanti about 20 times in this fucking segment, dude. Well, it's, well, a, it's a Shante the Adonis. Well, yes, but Swerve didn't introduce him. They called him Ashanti. Oh, well, fucking Swerve needs to say Ashanti. No, Swerve said Ashanti. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No. And Vic Joseph said it several oh, times. Vic Joseph has no place fucking introducing people, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about it last week, literally, on this show. Ugh. Uh, he's got How a world star, motherfuckers. Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm, it's been a very long week. <laughs> it's, it's RK bro tonight. Yes. No, no, not tonight. Uh, B-Fab speaks up and says she, B-Fab, she's the dime who makes the dimes. She's already a better promo than Jade Cargill. <laughs> Swerve says there's a problem if you, and if you didn't know, now you know. And that's it. I love this. I love this, love this, love this, love this. I love it because I hate it. <clears throat> Swerve feels like a major fucking player now. Yep. Yep. Absolutely feels like a top, top guy right now. His presentation, his promo, having a, having this group behind him. This is the, like, let's fucking push this guy to the moon at this point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fuck yeah. Why not? And by the way, he's fantastic in ring. This was, they, they, they sort of did away with all the shitty Swerve Scott stuff of the past, and now it's full bore with with let's push the shit out of this guy because he has the ability to be one of our top guys. It feels like, and throughout this episode, it feels like we're in one of those transitions yes. where we're shifting NXT to a new group of top guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let me ask you this. what where, where does he stand? Cruiserweight, North American, or top NXT title 
I, I, I mean, I would eventually have, I would at least assume at this point we're looking at North American title. Although with Kushida holding the, the cruiserweight title, yeah. he could make that run. Mm-hmm. I will talk about the cruiserweight title because I got some thoughts on that too. Um, but like I said, I see this guy as top, 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 top guy. Um, so it wouldn't shock me, you know, given the right set of circumstances, right face holding the title to see him go up against the, the NXT champion at some point. Okay. I'm seeing more North American title picture, but to start with, for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's see where he goes and what they do with him. And but like for the hypothetical sake of argument, let's say Finn wins the title back. Mm-hmm. I could totally see a program with Swerve Scott and Finn okay. down the road. At some point. Yeah. I could see that. Because, like you said, the, this is kind of a transitioning. So we're going to see what new ways they go with and what new storylines we get out of things. So We go into an auction today, sign, and we are seeing a giant house on a lakefront. $2 million starts the bid. Kevin Grimes says, two million, put me down. Oh, I'm sorry. Cameron <laughs> Grimes. Uh, Grimes asks to slow down. <laughs> Tells the fucking auctioneer to slow down. Why is he talking so fast, man? Uh, house gets up to five million. Then Grimes says, eight million dollars. And a voice then perks up and says, twenty million dollars. Grimes screams, who spends $20 million on a house? The camera that then shows Ted DiBiase, and he just starts laughing. Grimes challenges him, and DiBiase says, I've said this a million times. Everybody's got a price for the million-dollar man. Grimes, pro- Grimes proceeds to lose his shit and starts screaming. What the fuck is the payday? Pay off. Pay off, payday, same thing. Different, but there's two possibilities to me. Well, there's a few possibilities, should I? Oh, yeah. DiBiase has another, has another guy. Okay. The problem with that, the reason I don't necessarily think it's that, is DiBiase's a heel, Grimes is a heel. You can bring in another heel to feud with the heel. It doesn't make a ton of sense. The next possibility, Cameron Grimes... The next million dollar champion. Oh. With Ted DiBiase as his manager. I like he it. becomes the protege of Ted DiBiase. I like it. DiBiase keeps beating him, so then eventually DiBiase takes him under his wing and shows him how to be a rich guy. <laughs> oh my god, it's brilliant. And, and the ending segment of that is DiBiase presenting him with the million dollar championship. Oh. I like it. I do. And I kind of looked at it that way, too. But I was like, they're having a feud. But we've had plenty of times where friends, foes becomes friends. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. Having Ted DiBiase around for a little bit and you know, have him cut some fucking old school promos. And the vignettes will just be fucking marvelous. Right. I mean, they have been. But like DiBiase out to a nice classy dinner at a restaurant where Grimes with his top hat and his jacket with no shirt on. <laughs> oh, great stuff. Love it. Maybe Leon Ruff can be his Virgil. Oh my god. 
No. You know there'll be a segment where DiBiase tells him he needs a Virgil. Oh, he'll yes. Do it. He'll, he'll do it like job interviews with people. <laughs> oh, There's so shit. much to unpack that you could do that's brilliant oh, at that, that angle. So much shit you can go with on that. And Grimes running around with the Million Dollar Championship would be perfect. <sighs> well, well, they're obviously telling a story here. Right. So, we'll, we'll eventually get to the end, but I'm, I'm enjoying it with what they've been putting out. I like the segments. Um, <clears throat> but how similar, much longer can you go that's with That's the thing. Yeah. Similar to what we talked about with Alexa, you got to do something soon. Yeah. Like yeah. You can't just keep doing this over and over and over again every week, because mm-hmm. it will get boring yeah. eventually. And it's very predictable already. As soon as he did the house down, I'm like, oh, well, DBS is going to outbid him. Who spends $20 million on a house? Zoe Stark cuts a promo on Tony the Booty Storm. And next week, we get Tony the Booty Storm versus Zoe Stark. By the way, can we just talk for a second? I don't know if we mentioned it a ton last year. Tony's promos have gotten significantly better. And we ripped into her for some really shitty promos she had when she first came back. We we talked about it last week. They cut in the they cut in the clip last from last week's It's like so fucking good, mm-hmm. just much improved. Fuck good it. on her. She better fucking beat Zoe next week. I would hope so, because Zoe beat her two or three weeks ago. What do you do with Tony at this point, though? Ugh. Bring her up. Is, is it just me, or does it feel like she just sort of missed her window a little bit? A little bit. Well, I feel like if if she won the triple threat with the EO and Mercedes, I feel like they could have that would have been fine. But she lost and then lost the, to EO again and, and the mission was to get to Raquel though, so I no no, I, I, I get what they were doing, but I would have been okay if they put it on Tony too, because like you said, where but did they for go? Raquel it's a bigger win to take it off EO than it would have been to take it off Tony after a week. I mean she had couple weeks i mean yeah. she ended a year-long reign by eo or whatever it was mm-hmm. almost a year long reign. so yeah. Yeah. it just feels like maybe tony's destined to end up on the main roster without ever sort of being nxt women's champ or really having a serious run in nxt i mean she's been in the rumble what three times now she replaces nia jacks i'm down oh, please please only larkin versus cool kyle o'reilly Oni confronted o- Oni confronted O'Reilly earlier today, saying he can't beat anyone, including him. And Kyle hits him with the line. Oni goes, "Oh, you want to fight right here?" Kyle's like, "No, I'd rather let everybody see me beat you." Yeah, felt a little contrived. Standing and ground chain between the two to start. Uh, elbow to the throat by Oni gets him the control. Kyle in the apron and gets Oni in an arm bar on the ropes. Dunn walks over. I'm sorry, what? Arm bar there on the ropes. Go. Dunn walks over, but Kyle lets go and backs him up. And from behind, only Oni stiffs Kyle right in the fucking back as we go to break. Oni in control after the break, and he hits some big chops. Kyle fires back with some big forearms. Nice striking combo by Kyle. Gets fired up. 
and gets hits a back suplex right into a heel hook, but Oni quickly escapes. A fucking absolutely disgusting brain buster by O'Reilly. Gross. I don't know if they... I don't know, but it looked like there was a little bit of a miscue there, and Oni was like, oh shit, and barely tucked to take the bump properly. Uh, Kyle hits the flying knee off the top, and your winner, Kyle O'Reilly. Dunn immediately jumps Kyle, and Oni and Dunn beat the shit out of him for a little bit, but out of nowhere, some guy gets in the ring and starts fucking people up, and that man is... How much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish... If, oh, shit. I have the t-shirt and I never fucked it up. Bobby <laughs> Fish returns, ladies and gentlemen. They start kicking the shit out of motherfuckers. And... Fucking Oni and Dunn are like, fuck this, we're out of here. <laughs> Kyle and Fish kind of stare down to a half a circle. Kyle says, thank you. And it's good to see you. But I'm kind of doing my own thing. Fish says, I know, I know. And I have my own scores to settle. I'll see you when I see you. Okay. A little right. interesting. So there's a lot to unpack here. First off, uh, I don't know how you felt. I was disappointed in this match. I thought these two were just going to beat the piss out of each other. I thought, you look at some of the matches Kyle's had and even Oni's had, like just the hard hitting, just beating the shit. And there really wasn't a ton of that. In yeah, this but you can't do that all the fucking time. No, but you can, with these two, you can. Um, but so I was, I was, it just seemed like the match was just sort of there. It didn't really, yeah. never really got going for me. Um, so the afterwards. First off, let's let's forget the odd. I just ran into my ex at Dunkin' Donuts. Fucking interaction between Bobby <laughs> Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Um, here's my problem with this. A blind man sees where this is going, right? We're we're getting Dunn and Oni versus Fish and O'Reilly. Um, maybe because because when Fish says I got business to take care of, who fucking injured him? It was Dunn and his boys at War Games. Yeah. I to me right now, Kyle is in a fragile point where you're trying to build him as a legit top singles guy. Mm-hmm. The last thing you should be doing is putting him back in a tag team match with Bobby Fish, even yeah. if your intention is not for them to be a full on tag team again. Have them as separate as possible. Yes. But, You're but, trying to get people to accept the notion of Kyle O'Reilly as a top singles guy, and the most damaging thing you can do to that run right now is to put him back in a tag team match with Bobby Fish. Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. Nope. No, but you could also, you know, Roddy left, bring him back to tag with Fish. That's a possibility, but I don't know. But you definitely don't want to do what you said. No. Absolutely not. But they will. But that's what they're doing. I don't know, man. You saw it tonight. I don't know. Or on this episode, I should say. I don't know. I feel like they're smart. NXT's smarter than that, but who knows at this point. This is the same company putting Leon Ruff on every week. Yeah. 
That's who Bobby Fish's partner is going to be. <laughs> we then get a superhero trailer-esque promo for the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Just there. Uh, yeah, only problem was you did a fucking movie theater-style promo for Frankie, you know, half an hour earlier. Yeah. Those should not be on the same episode. No. Nope. Two theatricals in less than an hour of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Bronson Reed is out back, and he's angry. He cuts a promo and finally gets his title shot again in a steel cage match next week. So here's the problem. Bronson's winning this match. You think so? Bronson's hitting the tsunami off the top of the cage. No, I think I'll miss it. Why are we having this match again unless Bronson's winning? Uh, he has to be. But what do you do with Johnny after? That's the problem. Unless the the gimmick now is for so long... Johnny had the title and didn't give a shit about Candace, and Candace was clearly getting frustrated with it. So maybe now they're flipping the script because Candace has the belt and Johnny won't, and Candace will be ignoring Johnny and he'll be getting pissed off about it. Maybe that's the angle. Uh, that, that... Man, you are making some serious fucking predictions here tonight. Thoughts. But no, yeah. they, it, they all make sense, though. So... Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, spoiler alert on this episode of NXT Rundown. What did you think about my prediction that it ends up being uh, Drake Maverick that turns on Killian Dane and joins Imperium? I like it. But okay. now with this happening, I don't know. With what with Wolf and Dane. It's just giving more more reason for Maverick to mistrust Dane and build the story. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen... It is now time for your main event of the evening. Ding, 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 motherfucker! Santos Escobar with Legato versus Kushida for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship in a two out of three falls match. Escobar immediately jumps on the offense and tosses Kushida to the Wolves, but MSK out of nowhere plunges and takes out Legato. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, makes sense. Yeah. I love that they both get kicked out, and yes. then MSK is like giggling and like waving goodbye at them. Like, they don't give a shit that they got kicked out, but they're just happy they got Legato kicked out. <laughs> very much in character. I enjoyed that. But it was at this point when this is after this whole thing occurs on the floor, I noticed for the first time we've got a fucking scoreboard for yeah. Santos, and I wasn't crazy about this. No, I don't know how it, you felt. There's no need for it. No, this isn't a this isn't an Iron Man match. You want to do that in an Iron Man match? Fine. This is a two out of three falls match. I think we can handle that math in our heads. I mean, if the guy is the guy wins two straight, guess what? You didn't need that board at all. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they all get tossed, and Escobar argues but turn, on the outside, but turns around, and Kushida hits his front flip plancha off the top to the outside. Man, that shit scares me every time. <laughs> Kushida goes for a PK on the apron, but Santos catches it and picks Kushida up and drives him into Nick the Joseph boards. calls it a PK kick. Did he really? Oh, yeah. 
Are you fucking serious? Nope. Very serious. PK kick. <laughs> In fact, he did fuck, a few weeks dude. ago, and I think Troy pointed it out when he did it, too. Kushida placed on top, and Escobar fireman's carries him, picks him up, but drops him straight down onto the turnbuckle. Which That's, is still a safer move than that shit Tay Conti does in, in oh AEW. Oh, my God. Somebody tried to argue with me on Twitter about that. I was like, nope, because I brought up the Sasha Banks one. Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, Sasha is more controlled because she has her arm, she has her hands on the ropes. And she, well, also, moves, and she moves, his, it moves her knees as she hits. Conti well, is putting also, all of her body weight on the person's back. Well, also, when Sasha does it, the person is facing upwards, so the impact follows the normal movement of the spine. She's done to, it to the back of a couple to times. To bend at the waist. But yes, I, I hear what you're saying, yes. Uh, Mexican surfboard by Escobar and transitions into a low camel clutch. Santos stays in control for the next three to four minutes, goes for a Frankensteiner, but Kushida holds on and rolls through for a sunset for a two-count. Whew. Good fallacy right there. Yeah. Handspring back elbow. Yeah, by the way, Mexican surfboard, also Sal's favorite sex position. Handspring back elbow. <laughs> Shout that down, please. Uh, handspring back elbow in the hip-toss cartwheel drop-kick combo by Kushida. But Escobar quickly replies with a knee and the Phantom Driver for the first fall victory, going to Santos Escobar. Well, darn, this is going to be tough. I mean, the face is going to have to win two falls in a row. That's that's tough, Ginger. Real fucking tough. Key lock by Kushida, and Escobar tries to roll through, but Kushida transitions into an armbar. And Escobar... Cross arm, cross arm breaker, and Escobar taps out, giving Kushida the second fall. Okay, so first thing I hated, way too quick between fall one and fall two. Yeah, way too quick. Yeah. Um, second, because fall one is almost completely minimized by the fact that he was right back on it. Like he took the Phantom Driver, got pinned for three. And then immediately was right back on him on offense. Like, there was no wasted time there. I would have put a commercial break or something at least in there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of commercial breaks, the one thing I'll give Vic Joseph credit for is as soon as Kushida locks in the hover block, he does the, no, 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 let's not go to break. We're not going to break. Stay mm-hmm. here. Stay here, which I sort of liked because it felt like a real sporting event. Like, they didn't know what was going to happen, and all of a sudden he was trying to prevent us from going to break and missing a fall. So I yeah, like that. Yeah, but you know Tripps gave him the cue. Vic didn't do that alone. <laughs> Uh, Tope by Escobar on the outside takes out Kushida. Kushida hits a tilt-a-whirl head scissors, and I think Kushida thought something else was happening out of that tilt-a-whirl because it looked like he was trying to go into something else and basically lands on Escobar trying to do the front roll. I think he was going for the arm trap tilt-a-whirl, but Escobar released him, and it just it looked rough. Yeah. Leon rough? No. No. Yeah, technically, yeah. Uh, knee to the arm off the top. Big right hand. An arm punt by Sheeta. Attempts a baseball slide on the outside. Escobar ducks, and Kushida grabs the arm and delivers a single arm bulldog on the floor. 
Escobar attempts a Phantom Driver, but it's reversed, and they both attempt pinning combos, and it ends with how Kushida won the title, but Escobar kicks out this time. I like that little throwback right there. Yeah, that was a nice callback. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Kushida on top, and Escobar hits an Insegiri, climbs up, and hooks a Fireman's Carry, but Kushida reverses. Hooks the hoverboard lock. They do the front flip off the top, landing in the hoverboard lock. Escobar eventually gets to the ropes. I think that's the first time anybody's got off out of that after the uh, flip off the top. Yep. Kushida locks it back in. Oh, no, no, no. Walter did. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yep. As soon as you said wait, I that popped in my head. Kushida locks it back on, and Santos tries to back him into the corner with his shoulder two times. But the third results in a hoverboard lock suplex into the turnbuckles. Gross. Yeah. Yeah, it was like an exploder style suplex. Oh. With the hoverboard lock on. Not 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 smart. Oof. Uh chicken wing arm trap northern light suplex in the middle of the ring and one, two, and three. Still your cruiserweight champion, Kushida. Kind of a shock ending a little bit. I wasn't expecting it. I, I, I will say I love that finish, particularly for Kushida, because the way those arms are trapped, mm-hmm. he's, you spend so much of the match working on the arms, yeah. and then because of that, they don't have the ability to get the momentum to kick out of that. I love that. It yeah. makes so much sense. And uh, I thought uh, Escobar did a really good job selling it as soon as Kushida got off of the pen because he immediately grabbed his arms. If you were one of those like last few remaining people that did not understand that Santos Escobar is a fucking star, this match should have told you. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, is, he is a star waiting to happen. From the entrance with the Cinco de Mayo to his promos to his performance in ring to the way he sells to the body of work he puts forth, this guy is a fucking top guy. And when he flexed at the uh, during the entrance, I didn't realize how fucking jacked he was until that moment. Oh, uh, uh, so oh, yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I, I think um, another person in the transition to a new group of top talent. Yep. This guy should be a top guy as well. Yeah, I think he's going. He's 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 going for the uh, North American title next. Mm-hmm. I think that's his next goal. Or where they had him work cross, they could possibly put him in the top championship man, top title picture. The best way to elevate a guy to the top of the card is to put him in a, in a match with the champion and lose. It creates an air of, oh, okay, well, this guy belongs in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I constantly go back to years and years and years ago, they did a match between Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy randomly at the Royal Rumble for the Heavyweight Championship when Orton had the title. And it was the first time Hardy had really been pushed. I mean, he had the thing with The Undertaker that was sort of a one-off ladder match, etc. But it was the first time Hardy was really pushed as a top guy in a championship situation. And Hardy lost... But after that, when they would put Hardy in situations and eventually had him win the title, it wasn't like, oh, this isn't a fucking main event guy. He felt like a main event guy from that point on. Yeah, it's true. Not so much now, though. (laughs) Well, now he's a main event guy. He's on main event. Yeah. (laughs) Oof. So, 
Anything else on this episode overall, or no? No, this is. Uh, I, I like the direction we're heading in. I like the the sort of incorporation and moving up of the younger stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the future is very bright with guys like Santos and Swerve and MSK and um, the rest of Legato. And I yeah, think, I, I, I think gr- you can put Grimes in that category Grimes too. Grimes in there too, yeah. Um, so even and I even make a case for Bronson Reed. Um, yeah. So I think you've got uh, I think you get a good group here that can sort of be the next guys. But you got to find a spot for these guys who have been there forever and sort of find a place to put them now. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I think you hit that very well. We're in a transition stage, and I, th- I think we're looking in pretty good shape right now. So um, I think I know the answer to this for you, but. Uh, I got 15, 20 minutes. What match am I watching? Right in a minute. Yep, 100%. No doubt about it. There was not even another close second. So, Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, we, I don't want to put any teasers out there, but I'm going to. We may possibly, this is not guaranteed, have some big news coming up, but... It's for the Rundown Network in general, but we'll 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 keep you guys posted on something that is currently in the works here for the Rundown Wrestling Network. Uh, but as for now, are you, are you finally transitioning? No. Oh. no, no, no. I was gonna say you need to shave that beard. <sighs> I was thinking about trimming it down quite a bit. Probably take about two inches off. Mm. It's getting long. From what I hear, Ginger, you need to save every two inches you can. That's a good point. Fuck it. I'm growing it. (laughs) Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Don't forget to go to rundownwrestling.com and vote on the hottest AEW female talent. And uh, check out the archives, too. You're going to say something? No, I was going to say, I guess that means we will NXT next week. Mike's been listening to a rundown wrestling network production please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows as well as our other special events keep it locked there or subscribe to the rundown wrestling network on itunes spotify google podcast stitcher premium or anywhere you get your podcast from leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundown wrestling slash message join our patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. 
follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>